0: please visit jcastnetwork.org.
1: Shalom and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Michael Bernstein, the rabbi of Congregation Gesher-la-Torah in Alpharetta, Georgia. Today we'll be looking at Daf Lamed Aleph of Megillah. As the conversation continues to enumerate the readings for different occasions, we find ourselves on the second Amud uh, on 31b, looking at the situation of what is read during fast days. According to the Gemara we read on fast days the blessings and the curses. And we'll see in a moment exactly which blessings and curses we're talking about, for there are different sections in the Torah that could be called blessings and curses. But first, we're told that we should not make a break in the reading in the midst of the curses. First of all, uh, we should mention that we don't actually do this on our fast days. Even in the times of Gaonim, already they had decided to read Vayichal Moshe um, from uh, Exodus 33. The distinction of that passage is that it begins to um, tell the story of how Moshe pleaded for forgiveness with God uh, for the sin of the golden calf, and concludes with the words of forgiveness. That are said uh, during all of our times of slichot, of our times of asking for forgiveness, uh, that God in fact says, uh, I will forgive you, kidvarecha, uh, according to your word. Um, but according to the Gemara, we read instead the blessings and the curses, which would seem to emphasize the warnings uh, and be less about God's forgiveness and more about the or anyot, the idea that uh, we have uh, punishments that are. Um, Coming to those who disobey God's word. The other idea here is Ein Mafsikin, that we do not break off in the middle of the curses. And again, we're going to discuss exactly what curses they are. uh, And then I want to come back to the uh, actual conversation about what is the reason for uh, for the break. According to the section that comes next in our Sugya, Abaye says, that this whole teaching is only taught with regard to the curses of Torah Koanim, which means Leviticus. So presumably we're talking about the section of that um, comes down to uh, the section of curses, what will happen if you do not follow in our ways, if you do not, um, if you do not heed the voice of, of God. But... In Mishneh Torah, in other words, in Deuteronomy, the other section of blessings and curses, in fact, you can break in the middle. You can break in the middle, and the reason given, and this is what I think is just very worth kind of thinking about, is that the difference is that in Leviticus, it is stated in the plural, and it is stated Mepikvura. It is stated from the mouth of God directly, Whereas in Devarim, it is said in the singular, And Moses said it by himself. This would not seem to be a statement the Gemara would focus on, because elsewhere in the Gemara, namely in Sanhedrin, in Sanhedrin Tet, it says that a person who makes such a distinction, in other words, says that parts of the Torah are from God and parts are actually... You know, this book of Moses really is only from Moses will be uh, subject to uh, being seen as, as one who despises God. That this is a, a statement that cannot be made by one of faith. So how are we going to reconcile this? Um, there are commentaries that do that. But um, in, in thinking about it, it's a very interesting statement that the, the Gemara is making, which is that we don't stop in the middle of the curses. Presumably, we'll see for a moment in a moment what it is. It's because these curses, uh, the ones that seem to come more directly from God, stopping would show some kind of um, disrespect or some kind of action or practice that is not appropriate. So let's look and see what that is. There are two possibilities that are given in our Gemara. Rabbi Chia Bargamda said in the name of Rabbi Asi. That uh, it says that we should not be Musar Hashem B'ni Al Tim'as, that the chastisements of God should not be rejected. If the chastisements of God should not be rejected, and a person stops in the middle of these curses, again defined as the curses in Leviticus, which are so more directly from God, then what we are doing is perhaps someone would see us and think they stopped because they must reject these curses. I can't read them anymore because I, I don't want to take them on. Reish Lakish, however, says, Because a person doesn't say a blessing uh, on the things that are the, the punishments. It goes on to give us the solution, um, which is that, The person who begins should begin with the verse before the curses. So then the person saying the blessing is not directly blessing the curses only. And the person who ends finishes after all the curses. You don't pick up in the middle, though, because when you pick up in the middle, the one who makes the blessing on the next reading is specifically blessing a reading that begins with curses. So what I find interesting here is that these two answers seem in diametric opposition. And perhaps in that opposition, we can think about that other question as why make the distinction between the Levitical curses and the ones in Deuteronomy. What is the difference here? According to the opinion that's given in the name of Rabbi Chia Bar Gamza Amar Rabbi Asi, we can't stop in the middle of the curses Because by doing so, we would be showing a rejection of the curses. But according to Reish Lakish, we can't stop in the middle of the curses because the next person coming up would have to show not only an an acceptance of the curses, but a blessing on top of it. So on one hand, we're afraid of rejecting. On the other hand, we're afraid of over-accepting. And I think there's something very powerful about this idea. We cannot push away the curses as if we're ignoring the idea that there may be punishment in the world. But we shouldn't stand there and bless them, which is something you would think in other places that that in fact we are told to do, right? God is with us in trouble as well, so we should give a blessing even to those things that uh, we suffer. It's not an uncommon religious statement to make. But here the Gemara is saying that we have to walk the fine line between accepting what these curses are about especially on a fast day, which is when they say this should be read, and over accepting with a blessing as if to implicate uh, all of the things that we bless God for in the midst of these curses and not see them as something that we should feel some sense of reluctance to accept. And this brings us to the distinction that Abaye makes, which is that that theological fine line really only works the best when we see these curses coming directly from God. Leaving aside the idea, and I said before that other commentaries will say that yes, even though the ones that are said by Moses, of course we're not saying that they were only said by Moses, God endorsed them, but there still is some level of distinction. They're also said in the singular as opposed to the plural. In other words... The ones in Leviticus are these true, powerful curses that come as the theological statement as the divine retribution. The ones that Moses says have some of that feeling, but there's this little window, because Moses put them in his own words. There, we can stop. And in fact, the Gemara goes on to tell a story where Levi Barbuti does stop. And Rav Huna says, it's OK, you're stammering, OK, you can stop, because these are the Deuteronomic curses, you can get away with that, uh, because there is this little window of difference. And uh, you're not making the theological statement that you would make if you stopped in the middle of the Levitical curses. And again, to recap, what is that theological statement you would make? At the same time, you would both be rejecting and over accepting. You'd be rejecting the curse by stopping, Even if you're stammering and it's bothering you, Levi Barbuti, you still have to go on if it were in Leviticus. And you'd be setting up the next person to read of having to say a blessing over the curse. And that is something the Gemara says that when it comes from these most divinely direct curses in Leviticus, we will not do. But with the little difference with the ones from Deuteronomy, we can do it. And that's where that little light of of difference is an inspiration for us in really taking seriously when we look as moderns, as we look with all of the tools at our disposal at how we can maintain the sense of the divine in our texts, even and maybe especially in moments of suffering when we most need to turn to God and at the same time have the recognition of that which is human in our texts and that which is a response of ours that is human Again, in those moments of suffering, where we can't live by the theology that uh, yes, we have to accept what happens, but we can't live by the theology that we have to put the, the wrap a bow and tie a blessing around it and say, "Well, it's really all for the best." We have both of those opportunities, both of those options laid out in this simple little statement that argues the distinction between Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and also the two sides